0: Hello all, I am Sita Harris, your host and author of my latest novel, Taming of a Brew. Today I would like to welcome you all on this new and exciting podcast series. Besides reading extracts from the book, I shall be talking about the main characters in the novel. The story of Taming of a Brew is set on the island of Mauritius and is particularly woven around tea, the social and cultural relationships, its history, cultivation, processing, and how it's consumed. It is also a story of guilt, betrayal, and untold secrets vividly set in the post-colonial era in Mauritius. Set against the backdrop of a tea estate, it tells of lives intertwined, of an inheritance against a deep heartbreak, of mystery, religious cults and practices, and women with Brazilians against societal pressure I decided to write this novel because of my knowledge of the local context, history and facts about life in the post-colonial time in Mauritius. The island's main crop has been sugar cane, but it has also had a secondary one in tea. It is not well documented as the sugar took the center stage. The island was colonized by the French and the British. Many of the tea plantations still exist now. My passion and knowledge of tea accumulated through my growing up in Mauritius and on my travels had to have an outlet, and this book is the outcome of this distillation of ideas. It relates to issues of gender that play a key role in building resilience and adaptation pathways, of what societal roles and prejudices prevailed in a post-colonial time on the island. The characters are veiled by and shaped by roles, responsibilities, and entitlements associated with various markers of the so- social identities with power relations, including gender, but also ethnicity and socioeconomic class. Throughout the book, I have tried to remain aware that tea's power and magic are not only found in its leaves, in the liquid it creates, or in our relationship to these things, but it's in its ability to help us feel connected. Our share humanity. There was a time when maps of the world were drawn, in the name of plants, where two empires, Britain and China, went to war over two flowers, the poppy and the camellia. The poppy, Papaver somniferum, was processed into opium, a narcotic used widely throughout the Orient in the 18th and 19th century. The drug was grown and manufactured in India a subcontinent of princely states, united under the banner of Greater Britain in 1757. Opium was marketed solely and exclusively under the aegis of England's empire in India by the Honourable East India Company. The camellia, Camellia sinensis, is also known as tea. The empire of China had a clear and complete monopoly on tea, as it was the only country to grow pick, process, cook, and in all ways manufacture, wholesale, and export the liquid jade. For nearly 200 years, the East India Company sold opium to China and bought tea with the proceeds. China, in turn, bought opium from the British traders out of India and paid for the drug with the silver profits from tea. Although history of tea is as great as the summation of all the tea consumed, The story of tea, as it is most often told, invariably begins with one of a handful of Genesis myths. These myths are good stories, but more important, they provide significant insight into the cultural importance of tea throughout the world. Today, tea is grown in 45 countries around the world and is the second most commonly drunk beverage after water. It is a 90 billion global market until just a few years ago, India was the world's largest producer of tea. Although overtaken by China, it still produces about a billion kilograms, more than two billion pounds a year. Tea can generally be classified in six distinct types, black, oolong, green, yellow, white and pear. All come from the same plant. The difference lies in processing. Nearly all of India's tea is black tea, which means that the leaves have been withered and fermented, and certain characteristic flavours allowed to develop. Green tea is neither withered nor fermented, and oolong is only semi-fermented. Yet the wide geographic and climatic range of India's tea-growing areas, from lowland forest to Himalayan foothills, means that it produces a variety of distinctive black teas. More than 90% of the world's and the majority of India's black teas are produced by a method called CTC, that is, cut, tear and curl. In the mid-20th century, with the growing popularity of tea bags, a new way to process leaves was developed that made it more convenient for filling the small sachet as well as brewing a quicker, stronger infused liquid. Instead of rolling and twisting the leaves, a machine chops and cuts them into smaller pieces with blades revolving at different speeds. The result is chocolate brown granules of tea, even and pebbly, even than wiry, and twisted like orthodox leaves. Tea is more than merely a drink. It's a soother and an energizer, a marker of time present at the most quotidian of moments, daily life, and at the most special. With this, we have come to an end of this episode. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you for listening. Goodbye for now.